but within Facebook ads, you can target people within a certain co- company. And so what I did was I targeted Apple employees, employees uh-huh. of Apple, Facebook, and then I just put the region around the Bay Area. Hi, welcome to the Founders with Pet podcast, where I interview amazing entrepreneurs from diverse backgrounds about their journeys, successes, failures, and lessons along the way. Today, I have a very old friend, special guest on uh, this uh, Founders podcast. His name is Steve P. Young. He's the founder of App Masters. And App Masters is a complicated project and uh, company business, which I'll let him describe. But generally speaking, he serves uh, app companies, uh, getting them featured on Apple and ASO Master. So for those of you who don't know, that's App Store Optimization. Some of his clients include GoPro, Red Bull, McAfee, and Nextdoor. Steve, welcome to the show. Heck, super excited to be here, man. Thank you. It's uh, This is a good catch up because it's been a couple of years as well. And And one of the questions that comes up is like, how do you meet these people? So I want to make sure that I cover this. So Steve <laughs> and I connected I like originally, I think I saw him speak at a conference. It was like a, it was a meetup, right? And that's where we connected. Yeah. And then I went to your conference. You had an App Masters conference. Oh, was that the Vegas one? That was the Vegas one. Yeah. And, and yeah. you had like, yeah. you had some awesome activities as well. It's crazy that a simple meetup, and I know when we met, I think I was still doing it on the side, and it was just more like I wanted to go and get more exposure for the podcast, frankly, and the fact that you and I have stayed in touch, we're both in front of the Bay Area, pretty cool testament to what you're doing now and what I've been doing for quite a while, just this podcasting, how you've been able to, I've been able to meet so many great people because of this podcast I started on the side in 2013. Yeah, I, I would say you're, uh, what made you start this podcast? Dude, it was simple. Like I love listening to podcasts and <laughs> I didn't want to start a generic business one because I felt at the time, this was 2012 range, it was too crowded. I was like, well, there's John Lee Dumas, EO Fire, there's Mixer G, Andrew Warner, there's Pat Flynn, there's all these guys. I'm like, there's Jason Calacanis, that's more of like venture tech. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, there's all these guys. I can't compete with these guys. And but I was like, I want to do a podcast. I think I would one be really good at it. And I just it's just something that I enjoy listening to. And it was like one moment I was like, oh duh. Like I made I started making apps in 2011. And I was like, well, apps are still growing. Let me just talk about apps and let me just interview app developers and see if I can turn this little side business that I was working while coding on BART and turn it into a real business. And so that's how I started was just like, oh, apps. I'll just start a podcast on apps. That makes way more sense than anything else. (laughs) I started calling it Mobile App Chat. That was the very first name, Mobile App Chat. And I did the logo design all by myself and just hit record and let's go. And did you, so that, did you start the podcast before you started the business? Which one was it? The podcast came absolutely first. I was doing the podcast for six months before I finally had an, built up an audience and then, okay, here's a two minute elevator pitch. I always say, started the podcast just to learn. And then six months after starting the podcast, there was enough of an audience that started coming to me for marketing help because my background was in online marketing, growth hacking. And I used to work for a startup in San Francisco while doing the podcast on the nights and weekends. And so enough started coming to me that I felt like I had the energy and I was part of a community where we're all like side entrepreneurs and we're all saying like, Hey, we, we put in our notice. We put in our notice that gave me the energy to be like, all right, I'm going to put in my notice. And there's enough 
of uh, clients coming my way. There wasn't a lot back. So it was very scary. There wasn't like a huge amount. I wasn't like replacing my income like that, but there was enough that I was like, you know what? I got to do this. And I was 33 at the time. And I was just like, I got to do this now, or it's going to be a little bit too late. So two kids at the time. And I just said, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. And, and can I say it's been a couple of years and you're looking great. Your Instagram, you're working out a lot now and you're eating healthy. It's, it's great to see you and it's great to see you doing well. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. that. So it's funny. You're, you're like in 2013, you're, you already feel like you're late to podcasts. Like I'm just starting mine now, you know, in, in 2021. So I feel like I should have started this 10 years ago or it's I like feel real like, estate, right? Yeah. It's got to start. <laughs> it's got to start, right? Yeah, that's the, what's start. the saying. Then, you know, the best time was whatever back then, but the next best time is now. So here we are. Cool. Well, I got to say your YouTube background looks way better. And I've been doing this for some time. I'm just like, F it. Put a webcam together. <laughs> well, it just shows that it doesn't matter. I was watching a VC podcast and it's literally yeah. him inside his garage because of COVID, his office. Like you could see the car, you could see like the washing <laughs> machine, like he doesn't care. And you know what? I'm a little self-conscious. I, I wanted to, I'm still working on the scene and I'm trying to get some tips. It looks but, beautiful, man. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, in, in doing, what is it? Eight years now podcasting. Talk to me about that. What are some tips and tricks? What is your yeah. process like? Because not, you know, I essentially your podcast is its own business, and then the agency is is also a business. What are all the different ways you monetize? Yeah, I would say like ninety percent is through the agency, and that is the way that we make our bread and butter. I love doing the podcast because it keeps me. In the beginning, it was me a platform for me to learn, and it still is. Right. I get to talk to a lot of great people, meet them and really learn from them so that when I get questions from the audience, I can ask my guests or when I'm thinking about something and, you know, I'm trying to help clients with certain things. I'm like, hey, what does this work? And so I still use it to this day to really learn about the app space. And the cool thing that I found out back when this was about a year or so in, we're already in business and all that stuff. But one of the people I reached out to. I was like, man, they're getting featured all the time. And I wanted to, I was like, this company's always getting featured. Let me reach out to them and see if they want to come on the podcast. They did so. And then at the end of it, they're like, Steve, can you, can we learn more about your service? And I was like, what? I was trying to feature you. And, you know, I'm never trying to pitch. People ask that question. I'm like, look, the podcast came first. Cause I want you to know, I'm not doing this for a business reason. I'm literally doing this to learn. And that's what, that's the route I've always taken. And that's the route I continue to take. And a lot of these events that I, put together, they are just to learn from each other because I feel strongly about this community aspect because when I joined this community, it was EO Fire and it was the first 50 and I paid for it and everything. It was because of this community that I was like, oh, wow, I, I can leave now. I, I think I can leave my startup job. And so I strongly believe in this community. So we have, you know, I do these events. I have a community of my own that's supported and that's a paid product as well. But I believe in this community and that's what the podcast is an element of this community I'm trying to build. Yeah. Well, it's a similar, no, no difference there in that, you know, I even started this podcast as a separate thing, nothing to do with my day job, my company, but you know, the, I love to share these stories and learn more. Uh, and also you have a lot to share in your domain space. And I think part of this interview is me picking your brain on how to get featured, learn a bit about ASO and uh, give us a primer on that. Let's do it. Where do you want to start? 
Okay. Uh, start with featuring. Like, so how do you get places like Mashable and VentureBeat and entrepreneur.com? When's to, this going up, Peck? When is this going up? Yeah. Usually it's, there's a couple of, let's say a month, maybe like four All weeks. Right. Yeah. Okay. That then it helps me with the timeline. All right. So a couple of ways, because I was going to say, if it's before WWDC, go attend WWDC, especially because everything's going to be virtual. It's a great way to try to get featured because you can literally meet with an app store manager and it ties into what I'm about to share with you. Like you meet with the app store manager, you're like, Hey Peck, thank you for your great advice. And then you can find him on LinkedIn, right. pitch him, like you don't have his email address, but tell him about it. And you're like, Peck, I took your advice here. What is, here's what we did. And that's how we've gotten more of the prominent Apple features, like the app of the day. And then we had one client who, Gave her that strategy. We're already working together. She's like, all right, I got into WWC. And I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. This was back when we were in person. And she got like a prominent photo shoot too. So <laughs> super happy about that. But that's what you want to do is if you don't go to WWC, you can go on LinkedIn. Now this strategy, I've shared it in the past a lot. And so I think it's not as effective as it was before. But what you do is you try to find an app store manager. And if you're not based in the US, I feel like it's a little bit easier. So you find one that is in your developer country. So if you're a developer, if you're a developer and you're in Russia, you're in India, wherever you're at, you want to find somebody that represents that region with on linkedin you can just go app store filter it by company to apple and then you know do your magic there and you cold email them and you uh -huh. try to find their email address rocketreach.co is what i use uh -huh. and you find their email address and just say hey you know peck loved your advice or like you know looks like we're both in the app space i try to find something that i try to do a little bit more research peck so what i'll do is spend about five to ten minutes looking at their social profiles if i can find them right on instagram or on facebook try to get something about them that is a little bit different. I'll give you an example that I pitched one of my apps for. And it was, I found out, I found his Instagram. I scrolled because I didn't want to just be like, oh, look, it looks like you've been, you know, whatever. The most recent ones, I just kept scrolling and I found a picture of him and Tony Hawk. So my subject line was like, you met Tony Hawk? And then I went into the little bit of pitch of like, hey, here's what my app is. And so I keep it short, but I also try to find something just to say like, we all get these cold emails. They suck just to say like, I did some research on you. And yeah. one of the things, the last thing I'll share, if you want to figure out some rapport is somebody did this to me, but in his PS, I love the whole cold email. Everything looked good. And the PS is said, Steve, you know, my aunt went to UC Davis and I was like, mother effer like one i have no idea who your aunt is but number two you did some research that you knew i went to davis so i was like i like that clever pitch because it makes you a little bit different than every other cold email that comes in where you know sometimes i'll get an email pack and i have like i know this guy is this templated or is he really asking me and i'm like what i just got a linkedin message for someone I'm like dude we're friends like are you did you just hire a va to reach out to all your contacts and say the same thing because this sounds very templated yeah. Yeah. My, you know, I'm, I'm not very good with cold I'm I'm very shy. So I, I try to get like some intros, like, you know, my, my approach would have been like, you know, if it's a second degree connection, who do we have in common? And then maybe see if I can get an intro, right. Then it's sort of a warm intro. Like if they know that person really well, I don't have much business in like reaching out to app managers, but generally yeah. intros, like I'll reach out. And then if I see a common connection, I'll be like, Hey, how, how well do you know this person? Do you, you know them well enough to introduce me? You know, do you, you feel like you, you know the both of us well enough to introduce us? And if that's a yes, I think, yeah, that's worked well. And then- hey, Can I share two more things? So- Please to do, yeah. All right, so with the Apple features, appstore.com slash promote, definitely fill out that form. That does work. 
we actually pitch people. The last tip that, again, I shared this in the past, and it's, we got two, like got four different Apple features in 2017 using strategy, but within Facebook ads, you can target people within a certain co- company. And so what I did was I targeted Apple employees, employees oh. of Apple, Facebook, and then I just put the region around the Bay Area. So I knew everybody, all the app store managers in the Bay Area, and you can do this with any other country, but that's how we were able to instead. And I put like the ad text was, Hey, Apple. And then I was like, da, 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 da. and one of our, the, the clients, I was like, your accessibility list is missing a key app. This is the only app that does X, Y, and Z. And because back then, you know, there were these lists that would just show up on the app store for a week. We didn't see it. And then like one night it just popped up. And then as I text my client, I was like, Hey dude, we did it. And so, and we were running ads at that time. So that's one other way. Again, hasn't been as effective. I don't do it anymore, but you can start thinking about creatively and trying to get the, the Apple feature. Yeah. I heard a uh, similar advice to pitching VCs where this yeah. guy, he worked on Google ads and he's like, Hey, here, I have a cool hack for, for startups where basically you pitched a VC already, but you know, doing the, you know, you can get email, you can inject email, do the ads in the, in the Gmail inbox, you know, like the top I don't know if you ever noticed it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You just do that, but but like you know, set the region to whatever Redwoods, you know, Menlo Park, Palo Alto. Like just targeting that that hyper local area of where VCs tend to be, and that was like yeah, super cheap and you know high value because you know they'll just keep seeing your stuff. How, How big is your business? Out of curiosity, what do you mean how big? How big? Like how many clients you take on? You know, do you? sense of revenue. I don't know, like team. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, I won't say exact numbers, but we've got a handful of clients and pretty decent over 20 clients that we're managing for that. And then the team is four people in total, including me. And we're in the multiple six figures. That's awesome. That's awesome. We juggle probably about the same number of clients at any given point. I probably have about 20 clients. So yeah. 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 How is it? The last time we talked, I think you you were, for a while, you were a solo. When did you start hiring more people? As we mature, we just started adding more. There were at a high point, we had one more person in there. And so we're actually trying to hire somebody else right now, an ASO manager to help us out. I think what we've done now is we've sort of shifted the model. Back then, it was like one-off packages. And now we're trying to go, we are actually making a big shift. And we're seeing really good results with this. And just sort of like, hey, here's a subscription, unlimited yeah. ASO. You, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. We have a designer on staff that can help you with your screenshots, your app icons, all the jazz, and even with your ads. And so that shift has helped out a lot. And we're seeing really good traction with that stuff. Because what most people find us on is just app marketing, obviously, and then app store optimization. So most people know about our app store optimization efforts. And that's that shift has helped us a lot. And, you know, like you, as you know, like running a business, sometimes when I'm doing one-off projects, sometimes like revenues are like this, you know, up and down, up and down. And I was just like, you know what? I pay for a lot of unlimited stuff, like bench for my bookkeeping. We have video Husky for our video editing. And then it's like, I believe in this unlimited future where it's sort of productized and it's a service yeah. and it's a subscription. So I was like, let's do it that way. And yeah. we, we made that shift early, beta tested early 2020. And now we're, going to fully onboard. We just are making a brand. We're redoing the website, putting everything under app masters, and you'll find all the information on there. But yeah, that's a big shift. How do you control that from a unlimited point of view so that there's no, you know, quote unquote abuse? 
There, you know, you can, but we had one client early on that was just like, we did everything. Thanks. Bye. And then he stayed on for a couple of months and then he quit, but that's fine. Right. Like, I don't yeah. think they're end up, they're not going to be the best customers anyways. Yeah. What I found is customers like us more. They stay on longer. The LTV is longer. And so while you'll get these edge cases of one or two, just taking advantage of this unlimited and leaving most clients are like, <laughs> Great. I don't even have to think about ASO anymore. And those are the right. clients you want to track anyways. So right. and we've seen and really how, high retention with this. Yeah. And how, how to, in today's time, how, how are clients finding you mostly? YouTube, baby. That's it. Yeah. And so the YouTube channel is, is working. Is that, I know you started as the audio podcast first. So how does that compare to are more people finding you? Are you getting more engagement on YouTube these days? Yeah, I would say the the following on YouTube, it's video, right? Like, yeah, I'm uh, I believe in video. We share a lot of our content on video. I think it just does something to the human psyche, knowing they're just warm leads, right? So I don't do yeah. any paid marketing. There's no outreach whatsoever. All it is content marketing, essentially. And most people search for app store optimization. We rank number one for that for app marketing for go to market strategy. So we're we've got pretty high ranking for a lot of these terms. And that's where most people are finding us. And then when they have watched a couple of your videos, like even during our, when clients are getting on a call with me, Peck, like that initial call, I was so sick of just saying the same, tell me about yourself over. Cause I batch all my calls, right? Like I go, and then I do five calls, five or six calls in a row. So I got sick of just saying the same two minute spiel. Every time I was like, look, we're about to hop on a call. I want to talk all about you and help you. Here's my background. Here's some bullet points that you need to know, but I don't want to talk about me. Let's talk yeah. about you when we hop on the call. So I even have that as part of my like scheduling a call flow where you schedule a call. And then after that, you're taken to this page where you see me in this video and I tell you exactly what it's all about. And I'll give you bullet points if you don't want to watch the video, but I, I, I love video and I believe in video. Yeah. It's really a good tip. And I noticed that was something that you did even just in our interaction. And I was going to bring it up in this, this video, but that, that was awesome because you're right. People always say, oh, tell me a bit about your agency. And I just like, dude, even a parrot could do this. Like, why is the CEO doing this? Like, okay, like you, I keep meaning to do it, but you know, I should just record the call, you know, go through my deck and then, hey, they, you can watch it at 2x speed if you want to. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> the next call, Peggy, you should be like, hold on one second. Let me record this. Right. <laughs> you mind if I record this real quick? Don't worry. You're not going to be on the video. I want to record this. <laughs> just, just this part, the spiel part. Yeah. 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 No, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> And then even better. Cool. That's a neat little thing. Any other things that you do to kind of streamline your workflow in terms of business? Yeah. So like the early on one batching, batching calls, definitely yep. batch calls, like all the client stuff I do Tuesday morning, Thursday afternoon and nothing else. And then I now, because there's enough clients coming in, I just do podcasts. I used to have a separate day for podcasts, but I'm like, look, I'm too busy right now. I have, if you want to do a podcast, pick these times too. So I batch everything in that regard. And then I think what, one of the things when people, I don't know if your audience are like wanting to become entrepreneurs, but one of the hacks I've, I did early on too, was there's clarity.fm. And I joined super early when Dan Martell started the service. So I have clarity.fm slash Steve. And what I did there was obviously SEO, right? Like I rank pretty well for app marketing on there. And secondly, there is a VIP link in there. So very, very early on when I was doing client calls, I would just use that VIP link. I'm like, yeah, you want to hop on a call? 
no problem. Use this clarity.fm link. So they would be able to get a call for free, even though that, you know, clarity, you're supposed to really pay for advice. It's one-on-one advice with entrepreneurs and experts. And they would book that call. They would pick a different time. But the cool thing is clarity has a funnel that gets you reviews too. And so I was getting a ton of reviews. If you look at my profile, I've got tons of reviews. And now that becomes a social proof thing. Now I've obviously increased my hourly rate on there, but now it becomes a social proof element. And sometimes people do find me on Clarity and be like, yeah, I just found you on Clarity. I just wanted to hop on a call. Yeah, cool. No problem. Yeah. But then now I can put that in the about us or wherever I can use that as a social proof. And I have all these reviews that I could probably leverage elsewhere that I'm not doing as well. Yeah. You've always been a good uh, marketer. And, and that's something that I think, you know, I leverage relationships too much. You know, you, you lean on your strengths, right? So to me, it's uh, all about relationships. Uh, and I kind of, I think anything you overuse, uh, my, my coach says you, it becomes a weakness. You know, you have to have that. Tell me more about this. Anything that you overuse becomes a weakness. What do you mean? Well, so for example, you know, this relationship thing or face-to-face relationships, right? That's all great in the pre-pandemic world. And, you know, and, and part of why I'm doing stuff like this now is, you know, it's hard to connect with people and, uh, you know, it, on a normal kind of pre-COVID era time, you know, I might go to a client and then, you know, like drive up the bay and, you know, kind of hit up all these clients and then hit up new prospect clients who, who want to talk and they may have a problem. Well, all that's gone now. So like that just went away to zero. And that was kind of like what I leaned into. And But it's like, I wish I had done stuff that you have invested in prior to this, you know. And I don't have any of that. So I'm starting from kind of like zero. I like it. Yeah, I I get it. It's like if you rely on this strength for too long, then it becomes your weakness because it could go away. Go away. You didn't diversify. I think, you know, for me, like I've always get a, one of the things, the biggest reason I started video was one of my friends told me, he's going to be like, hate me if he ever sees this, but he's like, hey, video is awesome, man. Like I get so many clients doing video. And I, was, I, I messaged him. I was like, hey, I saw your video, man. Like, he's like, yeah, video is awesome, man. There's so many clients coming in because of my video. And I was like, hmm, I think I could do a better job on video than you. So let me try this. And is that, <laughs> like, it's just this weird, like, I'm a very competitive guy. I don't like saying it because I feel like everybody says they're competitive, but I'm like this weird competitiveness where I was like, oh yeah, video is working for you. Well, let me try it then. Cause I think I could be great on video. And so I was like, boom, let's go. Yeah. And I just, did a MacBook. It was just so stupid crappy that I just flipped my MacBook. The camera was crappy. So early on, people were like, dude, what's up with your volume? Can you like level out your volume? I'm like, (laughs) I don't know what that means. I'm just using ScreenFlow, but you know, it it sort of just took, and then after a while I started investing in it. And then the hardest thing was getting the first 1000. Now we're close to 17,000, but like the first 1000 was so hard. And so I made it a game. And I was like- First 1000 videos? No, 1,000 subscribers. Subscribers. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Shoot, I can do 1,000 videos. That's no problem. But nobody's watching. <laughs> Who the hell cares? But like the first 1,000 is so hard to get. So I had an email list, which, you know, something I started early on too. But I would tell my email list, guys, go subscribe. Like every week I would email them a huh. tip. And I was like, P.S., please subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm trying to impress my wife. Try to get that first 1,000. And <laughs> I kept telling them. It's like, please, please, please. And so I try to have some fun too and keep it light. I don't like to keep it serious, but then you, you know, before we hit record, you're talking about like, you have all these things that what do you do? Like one, like, I think you have to be super focused on where the revenue is from. So I don't make any qualms about it. The agencies where all the money's coming from, but everything else, I just, it's more like I get bored and it's also a challenge for me to try new things. And so it's these things like 
why do we do events? I lost money on the event that you came to. I lost five grand on that. And I was just like, but I love it. And so I fixed it. And I was like, next time I'm going to do it like this. And then we got two sponsors that came up to the event for free. And they're like, Hey, we'll sponsor the next one. We love this thing. And I was like, what really cool. And so like, I broke even on the next one. And then, you know, like, so it's just, it keeps me interested. And, and then it's stuff that I do enjoy doing too. Well, it's uh, it's new skills that you can somehow leverage and bring bring back to your business. Even yeah. uh, same here. Like, and then now I'm learning new skills and talking to people who have done this. Right, like given that you you've already given me an idea, now I gotta go beg all my friends to to hit subscribe, <laughs> low key. <laughs> but yeah, it's obvious. But you know, I, I don't know. You're thinking. I guess you're thinking about so many things that the obvious isn't always obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I have a friend from high school, like we didn't even talk in high school as much, but he's like, Steve, I listen to your stuff, the the podcast and stuff. And he's like, but I'm like, you don't even do abs. Like you're not even the text face. He's like, I just like hearing about other things. And so it's crazy. We talked more post high school and because of the podcast, we got to reconnect and, you know, he texts me, he's like, Hey, let's meet up or he's about to be fully vaxxed. I'm fully vaxxed now. And it's just like, it's cool. Like it, podcast is the best thing I've ever done. Like it is by far. I'm very grateful for the audience because I wouldn't have what I have if not for the podcast. Well, it's definitely high leverage and and the few friends that have seen it, they'll comment like, oh, I didn't know this about you, you know, because we don't always talk about the same thing. So they'll learn new tidbits of information that they find interesting. And then also it's a, a way to connect friends together, dis- disparate groups of friends where like, oh, you know, this guy, he's cool. Can you introduce me? And like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, because they're both my friends. And uh, so that's, it's utility that way. Can I ask you a personal question? Please do. All right. So I don't know if you think about it, but I'm like, is it important for you to show as a fellow Asian American male, is it important for you to show a different side and to make sure that while we're, I would say overrepresented in the tech field. Like I almost feel like I've been thinking about this lately, especially with all the hate crimes going around the Asian community. I'm like, is it important for me to be doing this because I'm trying to show a different side and almost humanity? You know, like, do you ever think about that? Like, hey, I'm an Asian American male. Yes, I'm in the tech field and we're overrepresented, but I think it's important for me to get out there too. Yes and no. Actually, part of starting this podcast is representing or showcasing more women founders, more minority founders, and then actually people outside the barrier, Bay Area, even though you're, you know, in the Bay Area, but you're unique in the sense that, you know, I don't see many Thai entrepreneurs in the US, like very, I know very few. And I know even fewer Burmese entrepreneurs, like Besides you, I don't think I know one. <laughs> so I know another know. one. He started a big company. I reached out to him on Twitter. I was like, holy shit, you're Burmese. He looks way more Burmese than I do because I'm I got some Chinese blood in me. But yeah. Yeah. So trying trying to showcase more more people because I think we need more examples, right? You, you say Asians are overrepresented. Yes, you know, if it's Chinese or Indian, South Asian, but I think, you know, the underrepresented are are like, yeah the Laotian, the Cambodians, the Burmese, the Thais, like, you know, like yeah. my people just open Thai restaurants, you know, right. and sushi restaurants. So, <laughs> you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to show more representation. How do you do that? Like, how do you, because people who aren't familiar with Asian culture, we might just assume, Oh, Steve's Chinese and the last name is Chinese. Uh, but how do you represent like, Hey, I'm, actually Thai and how do I better represent that I'm actually Burmese 
in a way. You know, well, it's it's kind of crappy because I don't, I'm not very tight. Um, you know, I'm kind of like <laughs> a tweaky. I don't even, I can understand it, but I can't talk to it. Yeah. Sometimes I'm practicing my mom now. <laughs> like, yeah, no, but that said, you know, I, I think I, I want to showcase, show more Thai people that there, there is a, another path and hey, there's like examples and then trying to highlight more women, more, more minorities who are not necessarily in the Bay Area, who are not, didn't go to Stanford, Berkeley, worked at a FANG. Like, you know, if you're successful, but you went through all those routes, it's hard to fail. <laughs> you know, it's not, I think the, uh, the other part of the podcast is it doesn't make for an interesting story because <laughs> mm. there's no struggle. I recall that event was stressful for you. Because you lost money, you hired, you, you also hired, I think it was around the time you, you started mm-hmm. hiring your first person, right? And yeah, that yeah, cost yeah. money and, and didn't go as well. So tell me about some of the struggles, you know, because everybody sees, oh, you're successful now. You got GoPro, Red Bull, next door, blah, 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 whatever, 3,000 apps. And you got know, these buys. Yeah. Got these buys, super lean and shredded if you follow him on Instagram. <laughs> but Steve was not always like this. So tell us about some of, you know, some of the struggles. Yeah, dude, that first year was hideous. Like it was horrible because I did have a consulting client that was making about half of what I was making, a little bit less, but essentially I was like, okay, there's some revenue coming in. And then three months with that consulting client. So I was working part-time for them. They left. They're like, Hey, I can't afford you anymore. And I was like, oh, isn't it? Like, what am I going to do when it comes to revenue? So I did everything. Like I tried digital courses. I did webinars because that was a huge thing. And I tried to sell my digital course on webinars. And then I was like, threw a web page up. And, and I think you were one of my first clients too doing that. But I was like, Hey, $500, I'll do your app launch. Right. And I was like, I'll do this. Like, and so I was trying everything, but also like personally, it was my wife and I were fighting a lot. Like we were, we saw the, what's it I'm looking for? Therapist? Therapist. Consulting? <laughs> Therapist. Yeah. We saw, counselor? we saw a marriage counselor. counselor. Counselor is what I'm looking for. But we saw a marriage counselor and it was in the craps because she was trying to get a new house. And I was like, you know, we're in the nice little like tri-story house. And I was fine with it because I was like, you know what? I'm willing to invest, take that risk and build this business. But she wanted a bigger house. We had two kids at the time and my daughter was one. So it really took a huge strain on the marriage where we saw counseling. I didn't enjoy it. And I can talk more about that, but I hated that experience. I hated it so much. And, you know, it was very tough on the marriage and we got through it just slowly grinding away. And that was the hardest part. I think that still affects me to this day. When I look back on it, I'm like, oh my God, I got through that. Like, forget about all the business ups and downs and about losing 5,000. That doesn't matter. Like when you starts affecting your personal life, that's where it starts really impacting you in the way where you're like, I remember one time back in the first year, I was like, I have no idea where money's coming in. So I went back to my old boss. I was like, hey, John, you have anything that you need help with? Like I can help out. And he's like, sure. And so he gave me some money to do some stuff. And I was like, thank you. So it was like trying doing everything. And then when I looked at the numbers, it was 90 grand that I made that first year. And I was like, you know what? I did that, right? Nobody paid me a salary. Nobody did anything about that. And I was like, I made this 90 grand. And I told them my email and I had small email. It's like, this is how much I made. And I'm super effing proud of this because it took a lot out of me to get this point. And now I feel very, very confident moving forward that I can make much more than that. Yeah. You had a very positive outlook. My my first year of starting impeccable where, you know, I, I quit my job. I actually moved to the Bay area, kind of like cold Turkey and you're you know, from Chicago, having, right? Yeah. I'm from Chicago. 
and you know moved moved to the Bay Area cold turkey didn't have a job waiting with the bright eyed notion of I'm going to start a startup you know like everybody else and and somehow make it there but obviously that didn't pan out and I started freelancing and the first year we'll call it impeccable we did hire like the the services were definitely in demand so I, I had more business than what I could do with but I wasn't a savvy entrepreneur yet and I had hired some help I had some interns but to your point you were super proud to make the money you made I was depressed because I was like I saw how little I made and I was like man I'm making less than my job I quit my I job you know it's like and I have two people to support now like it, it just got me like man if this goes on like this you know if this doesn't improve I'm like getting a job or something <laughs> trust me Peck, I felt the same way but I had to turn that upside down because I was like dude, I made less this year and I fought with my wife a lot and there's obviously expenses. So that's just top line shiz. And I was like, but you know what? It's the journey, right? It's the first step. If I didn't make it, you know, like, so it was like, you know what? I'm proud and I have to be proud and I have to remind myself because I'm sure you deal with this too, but like we go, we grind, we grind, we grind, we grind, we get these clients, where's more and we keep moving the goalposts. And then now it's just like, you know what? For me, it was always a lifestyle type of business, right? Like I was like, you know what? It could pay the bills. I have a great life. I don't really care about growing this thing. And then now the kids are a little bit older. I'm like more focused on growing this agency a little bit more. But again, I hear from my other friends and I know we had a like an in-person thing and I'm like, what? How much are you making? And then I feel bad about myself. And then so I just had to stop. And it was like three months, maybe two months ago. Cause I have a mastermind that I'm always in every Thursday. And I'm like, what? I'm probably the lowest out of the five in terms of revenue, but you know what? I don't give a crap. Like I love my life and that's it. Like, and I can't, I can't compare the revenue numbers because I enjoy the life that I have. It is like almost part-time work to the point where I could spend a lot of time with my kids. And so it took me a while to get there, but I feel like I'm finally there where I can be fully happy with your success <laughs> and not be like, why am I not doing more? Yeah. I'm always happy for you, but like, oh, I should be doing more. And it took me a lot to be like, nope, I'm happy with where I'm at. We're growing. It's good, but I'm fully just happy for you. And that's it. No negative feelings about myself. That that, that takes an immense amount of, of maturity that, you know, frankly, I, I think I'm not there yet. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but that's also why we do this, or I do this is to, you know, I think there's a very narrow definition, like living in Silicon Valley, you know, I, I have a nice. joined a mastermind too, like a CEO forum. And I have to, you know, everybody was like, I don't think there was one woman, actually, kind of, kind of but it was all male, but everybody's a high tech, yeah. you know, software CEO, right. And every month, it was like, Heck, what are you doing with your life? Why don't you just like, you know, double down on product, go raise money. You know, that, that was like the very narrow definition of success. And I felt really like a black sheep there where, you know, and I think once I- Doing services. Yeah, yeah, doing services. Uh, once I moved, I was like, you know, I like the clients. And I think to your point, you said like, yeah, getting these clients is, is awesome. You like what you're doing. You did it by yourself. That's kind of the same high or pleasure or pride I get when- we land an awesome client or we do good work or the design or the goes live and the product that we design or built goes live. And, you know, they, and some companies that we've even had like massive exits and success and we're part of that journey. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I think those are the best things. Like I love what I do. And it took me a while to get to the point where I was like, do you love what you do? Yeah. Happiness. And one of the guys in the mastermind was like, you know what? My wife and I, my wife and my kids just went to the zoo and part of me wanted to go zoo and part of me 
and he didn't go to the zoo. And he's like, and part of me just was like, I'm going to stay here. I got to grind it out. But his business is doing great. And I was like, you know what? Thank you for saying that because I'm here. And I told him, I was like, I'm here and I feel worse about myself every time we meet because I feel like I'm not doing enough and I'm not pushing hard enough. But you and me are different because I would have went to the zoo, right? Like, well, I didn't say that to him, but I would have went to the zoo because that's what I that's what I prioritize versus like trying to continually grow this business. I want to hang out with my wife and kids. And so that's why I was like, I'm so glad you said that because I always feel less about myself. But now I felt, especially that conversation turned things around. Like, oh, wow. Like I just prioritize a lot more different things and happiness versus always trying to grow, 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 grow. Right. Right. It's, it's, you know, I think everybody's definition of success and happiness is, is different. So I think it's important not to, be defined by somebody else's definition of yeah. happiness and growth. Yeah. If his happiness comes from continually growing his business, he should do that. Right. Like, but that's not me. And I have to stop comparing myself to people whose happiness comes from different things. Real quick. Could you give us, you know, kind of getting back to your expertise, any tips on ASO because uh, <laughs> featured featured was really good. We have some ideas now and, but yeah, ASO tips. So it's super similar. So those who aren't familiar is just SEO for the app store. But what I would say is that the big ones are the ones I always regurgitate would be there's a Spanish Mexico localization. The U.S. app store indexes that localization. So you can if you put English in there, you can double the amount of keywords you want and definitely have some more competitive keywords because the title has the most weight, your app title. I get it. I'm sure you work with, you work with a lot of big brands out there. No, don't touch that pack. That is for our branding, but like, you know, especially for some of our bigger clients who've now taken our advice, like we'll put the keywords that we want in there from it. And one of the videos I did early on was like, look at Yelp right? Like look at these big companies, look at Amazon. They are starting to put keywords in their title. Audible, great one, right? They're not just being like audible. That's it. Nothing afterwards. They're putting audible audiobooks, all that jazz. And then the subtitle is your second highest weight in terms of keywords. So what I do with the Spanish Mexico is I will have different app title, a different subtitle, a whole new different set of keywords in that Spanish Mexico localization. If I'm targeting the U.S. App Store, they're all in English, and that helps you grow. So, so you're doubling the amount of keywords, basically. You're just doubling the amount of keywords in there. And I think, like, I always like to talk black hat stuff because then I know my ish. And one of the tips that worked way back in 2015 was leaving reviews with the keywords you want to target. And back then, Peck, it was like, boom. When you put one review with one of those keywords that you want to target, you saw an immediate increase mutual friend of ours. He's like, Steve, I just did it. I went from 22 to two. And I was like, holy ish, dude. Cause I shared it with him. It's a good friend of mine, but like the, that doesn't work as well, but there are some black hat strategies such as keyword installs, buying reviews that will help you, especially if like you just need to get going. That's the hardest part, right? Like of any business getting going, like our, my first year, your first year, just right. getting going. And once you got going, you don't need to do these things, but they still do work. And so yeah. we still run these sort of keyword install campaigns for our clients. Not all of them. Okay. Apple careful. I don't do it for everybody, but I test a lot on my own apps just to make sure it works. And then you can do it too. So just yeah. be careful with it. Well, Funny yeah, story, Peck. I was yeah. telling people Go ahead. about this reviews and buying like buy reviews. People do buy reviews, hacking the reviews. And it was at a conference and I was just sharing, Hey, here's all the things that you can do from an ASO perspective. This was a couple of years back. I walk out after my presentation, I go to the bar and then I'm hanging out there. And then 
one guy turns to me, he's like, Hey, great presentation out there. I was like, Oh, thanks, man. Like, Hey, what do you do? And he's like, I work for Apple. And I was like, Oh, shit, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did he have to say? You know, he liked it. And I was like, yeah, well, I was like, and he's like, yeah, no, we know that ha- that stuff happens. And he's like, and I think it doesn't work anymore because, you know, like sometimes I share too much and then it's like, yeah. Well, tell us about the, you know, I heard you mention your own apps. So tell what are those apps about? Yeah. I mean, I've got one sleep sounds app called Moonlight and we're trying to get (laughs) number one Ricky for Moonlight, but that's one app. And we're working on a motivation app right now with a partner of mine. And we're going to, he's got a pretty decent size Instagram following. So we're going to use his brand and then we're just going to launch that. And so those are coming out. I like to use my apps to test different things too, but they're not making any money and I haven't invested any time in this, but I'm pretty proud of the the Moonlight app. And there's some adjustments I'm going to make based on some conversations I had through the podcast. And I was like, hmm, that's actually a better idea than the, the monetization strategy that I was trying to go after. So Thank you so much. As we wrap up on time, is there anything you want to promote or call attention to? No, I mean, you guys are on what YouTube. Go check out App Masters. If you go to appmasters.com slash YouTube, you can get there or just search for App Masters or After Optimization, you'll find us there. Hit that smash, smash that subscribe and like button, right? Like and subscribe. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate this call and learned a lot. Hey, Peck, I'm grateful for our friendship, man. I'm glad we got to meet some random meetup and we're still in touch. (laughs) It's an honor, my friend. Likewise. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Founders with Peck. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel. If you leave us a review, I'll be sure to shout it out. And if you have any questions, you can tweet me on Twitter. 